And one day she discovered that she was fierce and strong and full of fire and that not even she could hold herself back because her passion burned brighter than her fears. A very warm welcome ladies and gentlemen. I feel so overwhelmed by your amazing love and support towards our inspiring ideas inspiring women series that commenced last month. Inspired by the work and empowering stories of passionate and successful women we at Inspiring Ideas envision to create a world of new possibilities, innovation and growth. And I'm absolutely elated to bring to you episode two of this series. Joined by my co-host Abhinav Rajay, it is a great honor and privilege for me to introduce our speaker today, Rita Arrigo, Chief Digital Officer at Microsoft Australia. With over 25 years of experience in delivering and developing digital solutions, Rita has a passion for emerging technology to reimagine the possible with AI, mixed reality, IoT and blockchain. Her deep-rooted belief that adoption of new technology is the key enabler to digital transformation and growth beckons her to design programs of change that transform and create sustainable futures for the way we live, work and play. A believer in business outcomes, a trusted advisor, a truly inspiring leader, digital diva, Rita. I'm so excited to have you on our show today. A very warm welcome. Thank you and thank you so much for such a wonderful introduction. And it's such an honor to be part of what you're putting together. And I think it's wonderful to be able to open up this forum and have a bit of a discussion around the kind of things that we're doing to make it more powerful for women to be in business. Great. Thank you, Rita. Let's get right into the show and stay tuned, all you listeners, because today's conversation is about leading the path in tech innovation, what it takes to feed your passion through towards evolution of what you believe in, some diversity and inclusion hacks, and also the unique recipe to help customers achieve their desired goals and define success. Let's get started, Abhi. All right, sure. Thanks, Yakita. Thanks for the introduction. Welcome, Rita. Rita, my first question is that you've played so many roles in your career. I'm more keen to know what you're currently doing at Microsoft because I'm, I'm aware that you're very passionate about it. Would you like to share with our audience? Sure. Um, so, you know, I've had a lot of diverse uh, roles in my career and um, the some of the highlights of my current role at the moment are that I'm, you know, when I first started working 25 years ago, there wasn't really a lot of role models around and role models have had a huge impact on me. Um, so when I started working at Telstra, for example, who were the largest employer in Australia in tw 25 years ago, you know, I knew a lot about the internet, VPNs, IP addresses, CGI code, HTML, but all the Telstra people, they knew about telephony and PSDN and ISDN and, and you know, they they hadn't really heard about the internet and but back then I had a colleague um, a lady called Chris Munro who was confident and she could take you know she could take on conversations with executives with gusto and really be compelling and she really quickly became my manager uh, and transformed my role into this ability to now have 49 people um, you know managing a billion dollar business and this really changed my trajectory and it's really changed you know what I've been doing at Microsoft as well 
And I appreciate greatly the female role models that I've had. But what's changed in my um, role at Microsoft is that now I even have men that are part of that change and men that are coaching me and that men that are, I, I, I look up as role models as well. And that's been a major change in what I'm doing. Um, so my role at Microsoft has allowed me to now not just look up to women and, and learn more about what they do, but also be able to take on the kind of um, the kind of mentorship that men give me to that. And, and it's really starting to rebalance the way I do things. So for example, some of the work I do is around AI and implementing um, ML ops or like looking at the kind of challenges that businesses might have in the way that they kind of um, want to change what they're doing and then trying to bring that cultural change to, to life in their organisation as well. And it's a very soft Abby that um, that I have but it also involves some technical skills where it allows you to you know um, open up the kimono and uh, you know explore what are some of the challenges and what are the deep-rooted opportunities and it often takes a bit more of a um, empathetic consultative approach to get those to get that information out of your customers um, and so yeah, I'm finding that being able to do that in the Microsoft context is really quite an exciting different different way of being able to do that that's that's fantastic i think that sounds so exciting in terms of your role thank you Absolutely. rachel let me take you back in time so back in 1985 when you opted for industrial engineering and computing what made you decide to go for a double degree i mean given there is an evident gender disparity in technical fields how would you guide our young aspiring women with similar interests in terms of what degrees or diplomas they must choose, uh, you know, to excel in a technology domain. Yeah, and I think it was really interesting back then. Um, um, I think it was already emerging that the single domain is probably not the future and the world is about this multidisciplinary thinking of being yeah. able to bring together the the technical and the non-technical. I'll give you an example, my youngest daughter who's, um, just turned 20, she's studying a degree that's multidisciplinary, it's design and technology mashed together. And I find that these multidisciplinary degrees really help you to kind of um, bring that new purpose-driven careers, you know, really create that purpose-driven. So think business and technology, think engineering and sustainability, where, where women can actually start to um, get out of that traditional backroom technologist, which I think is traditionally where you have that single kind of um, capability in that single domain and be able to um, enter these different conversations. And I'll give you an example of, of that. Um, you know, at, at Microsoft, we have a very male dominated area, which is really difficult to disrupt. And it's like called the cloud solution architect. And it's traditionally a male role. Um, and, you know, it's often comes from infrastructure. And it's one of those things that if you did bring multidisciplinary to that, you'd get so much more innovation. Um, and right. so I would suggest to, to women that, um, and, and young ladies that, or people, you know, any aspiring young woman to, to kind of look at these multidisciplinary approaches that can allow you to have much more of an impact in these um, more mono um, domains that currently exist that are quite male dominated. Right. 
I think you're very right because a career choice and progression doesn't necessarily have to fit into you know any standard societal mold, and and your journey, Rita, proves that you can, uh, you should set your own limits and clearly be able to articulate them. This does take courage, but it also is liberating and empowering. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, and and I think. And I think it is interesting to kind of think about your journey in a lot of ways. And I'm not a traditional career planner. Um, I just I just kind of find things that um, appeal to me, and mm-hmm. um, you know, then that kind of gives me the energy to to keep going. So it's that whole. And I think a lot of women are like that. Like you were telling me um, that you were working in procurement, for example. And I think it's an area of real innovation. Um, and, and I think it's that innovation that drives you and makes you more excited because it means you're actually transforming your work rather than doing the same thing you've done every year. And I think traditionally male dominated industries like engineering and, you know, these infrastructure areas, they don't like a lot of change um and mm. so and i think that's you know it does stifle the innovation that that we really do need as we enter these um you know new challenging eras right in fact rita i was uh, reading a research and it applies more to the indian workplace where i found that 82 percent of women especially in the india tech workplace feel unheard you know totally unheard at their jobs which to me, signifies a problem with workplace culture. As you mentioned, technology is a male-dominated field and there is an in- inherent gender bias. So what mm. are your thoughts around this so-called unconscious bias and what must really be done to break this uh, with a view to promote equal opportunity as well as career growth? You know what? It's really very real, and um, it's really super super difficult to recognise and change. Um, and I've had to find new ways to have my voice heard, um, because you know often it's a different voice than everybody else in the room. I can imagine um, it would be the same in the research that you found. Uh, and I have to do kind of weird things like. Um, join hackathons or attend company um, company hackathons or um, do external hackathons where um, you know it's a more of an informal approach um, mm-hmm. I actually as I was explaining earlier I actually now have a lot of male allies and so I find that um, going to a meeting and doing mansplaining actually works and I know it's really sad right but and but it's it's something really wonderful that um, men will do for you when they respect your voice and they will, you know, reiterate what you're saying so that the rest of the room can eliminate some of their subconscious bias and, and you can begin to be heard even though it's not your voice. And I think it's these kind of challenges where you have to find techniques to kind of crack it um, because the, there is that it's a really strong it's it's quite strong and then there's these stereotypes that people have and it was really interesting this um in two years ago at microsoft i became an ai ambassador i didn't even know what it was but i was the only woman in australia that got appointed as an ai ambassador and just meant that i got invited to do more tech talks and engaged in in um projects and i could be on panels and it really increased the 
capability of women who could talk about that and it made it easier for other women so not things that aren't necessarily ideal like the mansplaining but things that can actually help you to get to that level of being able to break those um those stereotypes and, and you know change that whole bro thing um we i don't know if in india if you have that bro grammar like they do in the us we 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 have more of mates in australia you know that all the guys get together mm -hmm. and they're mates right um, mates. <laughs> so so you know i think that that having these little things that can have your voice heard every now and then is really it's very satisfying and and it makes it can really bring you out of of, of a dark place because you know I was actually listening to um, the Microsoft Include conference and mm -hmm. they have there's some research around the fact that not being included is the same as physical pain like mm -hmm. it actually hurts and, and um and you know and I think finding little ways to kind of let that you know alleviate that pain can can help you to go to the next phase and, and i think male 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 allies are, are really great um kind of um what would you call it like bridge to be able to get there to, to be able to like get to that um breaking down those subconscious thinking of you know what does it what does a cloud technologist look like it doesn't have to be a guy <laughs> Or, you know, what does a technical, what does someone who's respected look like? Does it have to be a guy? Um, and, and I think it's, it's so that's that's been really interesting. The other thing that I did want to mention is that at, at Microsoft, they've really taken it very seriously because they know that right. um, it, it, it really affects um, productivity and it affects our feelings and it mm. affects innovation so they've actually put a kpi around diversity with managers um and so where they see um subconscious bias or where they see these kind of challenges and how they address them has become a kpi in, in their diversity action because um because i think it, it, it is going to take a lot of work to solve those kind of things i think that's right. great about two takeaways for me is that one is that we need to talk more about it Okay, through different forums. And the other is what you said is like, which is great that it's going to be part of the KPI, you know, and I've seen that, especially the corporate culture, if you add something to your KPIs, then people pay more conscious attention towards it. Yeah, because it's it's the bottom line, right? And yes. so it can affect your bonus or can affect all kinds of things. And I think traditionally we would wear our heart on our sleeves and we would try and change corporate culture, but it's a really big thing to try and take yeah. on. And I think right. it's wonderful to have that support from 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 the the business to be able to say you know this is a really important initiative all right let's move on to our uh, connected uh, section which talks about women empowerment now um, apart from being deeply passionate uh, Rita, about pragmatic tech solutions to solve those business problems you've also led the way towards women empowerment and i personally believe empowerment of women is not just about you know a set of policies or measures designed to increase the degree of autonomy it is actually a multi-dimensional continuous process a process mm. of self-determination uh, professional support from people greater access to resources knowledge uh, self-reliance of course self-confidence in decision making to enable women to fully harness their ability to plan their lives to have the right to determine their own choices and to have control over the circumstances that may have influenced their lives. So to feel free 
of any shackles imposed on them by their custom or belief or any practice. So I think it will be extremely valuable for me and our audience here to know about your definition of empowerment and how you have stepped up to make it a reality, both in your professional life and society. Sure. So <clears throat> I think in a very, very early part of my career, I believe that em empowerment is about going, you know, beyond women and men having the same opportunities. I think that that's just normal, right? Um, but showing the benefits of what a more inclusive workplace should be. So I sincerely, and I know this is really hard for a lot of men to cope with and, and, you know, existing business. I, I really do believe that male-dominated industries are dangerous. They're not natural um, and they don't represent humanity. Um, and so it's 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 that that kind of um that kind of approach that often gets me into a bit of trouble because because i'll like walk around and go 95 percent men oh my god look at that room it's like 19 guys and one girl what is yeah. what is going on there right like, like right. You know, that occurring and it's you know, and but um but i think but i think you know insisting that we reflect humanity is really important and like you said you gave that like um you know they they've done studies that diversity does produce more innovation for example um bcg did a study that 19 percent more innovation comes from more diverse organizations so if well, we know that and we we know that um you know male dominated and uninclusive um, businesses um, uh, don't actually deliver great results. Why do they still exist? And, and, and at the moment, I don't really know the answer, but I know that um, when I see that situation, I think it's it actually, it does, to me, it kind of says, you know, this is not a good place to be. And, and you know, we need to fight to make that more, much more inclusive. Um, another crazy example, you know, a friend of mine who's a judge, and this is a totally different industry. And she was saying that in Australia, it was not until 1970 that women were allowed to be on a jury because mm -hmm. the legal system believed that women you know, they get a bit upset and, and, and they can't make good decisions. And like, and it was just like, it was quite amazing that, you know, there had to be an Equal Opportunity Act passed and a whole lot of different stuff to kind of say, you know, women should be on the jury. Um, you know, and like, you know, women can, can you know, experience rape, but they can't be on a jury. And, and, and I think that, you know, it's this kind of thinking that sometimes we need to bring to work. And I think we're already seeing it in, in some of the management arenas that it's become so much clearer, the, the actual danger of having male-dominated businesses. Yeah. I think it's uh, interesting because also from a pure business perspective, I would say that uh, if diversity and inclusion is not part of your organization, then how are you building solution for everyone? Because the the market is diverse, whether you like it or not, right? So yeah, yeah. So it is interesting. It is it's it's interesting that um, you know ninety five percent male populations in yeah. technology still exist but and but i think that that is changing and i think as well um you know as we find ways of 
um, breaking down subconscious bias and breaking down some of the um, ways that women um, can find different role models um, that 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 will that will change and it, it is going to be a bit of a journey. So I believe uh, one of the big challenges, and this is more relevant to our young aspiring women tuned in, is cultivating beginner's mind. Uh, you know, to making sure that we're still open to receiving new ideas and just with that go-getter spirit. I mean, it's easy, you know, to get jaded, to stop seeing things that are new or to fear failure. But with an open mind, you harness that ability to see the world with new eyes. That's what I always believed in. Uh, moving on, Rita, back in 1995, you witnessed the dawn of internet. And with like-minded friends, you launched Australia's first internet cafe in St. Kilda. During this time, you also presented and produced Bite Into It, which is a three triple R radio show focused on embracing technology. So very early in your career, you exhibited strong leadership skills, even if it meant breaking stereotypes, but you were unstoppable. So what is your advice to the young girls out there who are waiting to uncover their true potential into becoming new age leaders? I love this question. Thank you. Um, and, you know, it, it's for me, it's always been to look beyond where you work and get involved outside and to get involved in meetups, hackathons, user groups, the radio show, like this podcast. This is just, you know, it's a passion that Abby and you have that allows you to kind of really open your world and and create communities and, you know, really exciting and enriching career activities for you. But it really means that you can form these professional networks. And I think for women, that's so exciting to be able to like, you know, go out of your um, go out of your work zone where people see you in a certain way and be involved in external activities or conferences or, you know, these kind of things like I go to Pause Fest or different events where you can start to really build your skills where you're not constrained by where you work. Um, right. And, and and I think that's it's kind of investing in yourself, and I think it takes it takes a bit of time to be able to go. Okay, yeah, so I've got a job where I get paid, right? But but I also have these other things that I need to do that because that's really going to help me, you know, have these exciting career enriching capabilities that um, allow me to, you know, be able to um, look beyond my current role. Um, so so they're the kind of things I would recommend, um, and and I'm seeing it in young students you know in the way they seek out volunteer activities or they seek out graduate capabilities or you know they're involved in their own little social kind of campaigns that um that they're really embracing this idea of going beyond where you get paid to to, to kind of create um these enriching activities that's that's fantastic. Uh, Rita, our next question is uh, from our audience and we got a lot of business leaders who are listening to our podcast. And uh, one of the business leaders wanted to ask you is that post-COVID, you know, th so many things have changed, right? One good thing is that we are embracing technology more in all type of organizations. At the same time, uh, sometimes we're not able to understand what technology can do for us, especially for business leaders. Either they get overboard or they, you know, they feel that it may not deliver the value that they want. So what are the three key skills that you believe are important for our business leaders uh, uh, who are in the path of creating digital transformation for their organizations? 
Yeah, so to me, and I've, I see it with the business leaders that I respect and admire, um, the first one is empathy, like to be able to open your mind to um, exactly the way people feel and rather than, you know, imposing your ideas on people, like having that empathy to be able to walk in their shoes. Um, and so I think that is a really important skill and, and you'll, you'll find it, um, you know, it takes a bit of time to establish with your maturity, et cetera. But um, I find that that, you know, when you have empathy as a leader, you, you can really stand out. Um, the other one is, you know, not to expect too much perfection and I think that that is something that you know we've always been like you know everything's going to be perfect your spelling's going to be perfect your grammar's going to be perfect you know the way you dress is going to be perfect and like being able to you know really embrace imperfections I think is really exciting and some of the work I've been doing in inclusion around uh, accessibility and and um you know it, it it's just shows that if you're able to appreciate the way people people actually are, then you can embrace all the special parts of them rather than having this kind of stereotypical approach. Um, and probably the third one is to always be learning. So, you know, don't rely on that skill that you had 15 years ago, keep learning new ones um, and, you know, keep kind of always building on, on your knowledge because I think that's what keeps you fresh and, and kind of creates that ability to be able to, you know, engage with all kinds of different people because you're always learning different things. I have to say this, Rita, that I've also been following your work and, you know, it, it's really uh, inspiring for me personally how it's so effortless that you've drawn out real-world problems and big problems and then you've connected them back to your customer priorities and outcomes it's really commendable oh well thank you so much and you know there's there's gonna it's it, and you know you don't do it on your own and i think it's um it's I, I really value the people around me you know the amazing work that you guys do and you know i think that it's 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 i love being part of this community and um and and i think that that feeds off all that kind of stuff so i really appreciate that all right rita the last question so uh, we put a post out saying that you know you're coming to our show so there's a lot of excitement and we give more opportunity to the audience that they can ask a question and we select the best one. Uh, this question is coming from Pooja Malhotra. Okay, and it's a very nice question here. How do you constantly stay motivated and focused to not feel dissuaded, uh, but remain purposeful and inspired to continue to challenge yourself to the next level? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, you know, I recently was lucky enough to work with a a life coach that was really focusing on values and like what are the values that you have and and for me my values are around you know having financial stability um and being able to like have a purposeful um kind of career that 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 is allowing me to to you know not only um have my own financial security but also be able to like live the kind of goals and missions that i have and so i think it's it's being able to um tap into that tap into um my own personal values and and, and maintain that and continue to challenge myself and i think 
often when you try and conform to other people's KPIs, it becomes quite hard. But mm. if your KPIs are kind of matched to your own personal values, it can make a really big difference. Like recently I had a career coach also say to me, you know, there's, there's all the skills you have, like all the amazing skills you have, like, you know, you might be able to do design thinking or, you know, you might be able to be the fastest person at responding to an email or you might be, like, really good at, um, you know, picking up new technology. And then you have, like, the things that you love and it's kind of about bringing the things that you love and your skills kind of together. And as you do that, then you can kind of, you know, maintain that motivation and, and continue to, to challenge yourself because you're getting closer and closer to the things that you love. Um, and it's and it's having that definition that can sometimes um, make that a lot easier. That's a great answer. Thank you, Rita. I hope you find that useful because I know when I was told that story, it just made so much sense to me um, because, you know, there's so many things we can do, but it's about finding the ones that are more aligned to the things that you love. Right. Yes, I mean, you know, it's, it's about looking at the opportunities that come your way Sometimes, you know, uh, the opportunities come when we least expect them, isn't it? When we're not even ready Absolutely. for them. So True. it is very rare that an opportunity will come to us like in a gift box with a bow on top. You know, in fact, I've seen that the good ones, the good opportunities are, can be really confusing at times, right? It can be sort of hard to uh, recognize uh, whether it's a risk or is it a challenge or the best decision of my life. Yeah, I agree. And I, sometimes that's that whole, you know, mind, body, gut thing that you have to kind of make a decision around. But um, yeah, I think those kind of well-planned, executed things are really hard to, to, there is often a serendipity to the way opportunities do emerge. Right. Rita, you've been a dreamer. You've never been afraid to share your dreams, to talk about what you wished to create and to see that in the world. One of the aspects I learned today is that you must ignore the naysayers, you know, surround yourself with people who believe in you, your ideas, and most importantly, your ability to execute. What is also crucial is to find mentors and champions to not only solicit advice, but also seek tangible support. Thank you, Rita, for sharing these useful insights about your journey. I'm sure your inspiring story will purposefully influence other women at workplace to create a lasting and meaningful change. I conclude today's episode, episode two of the Inspiring Ideas, Inspiring Women series with this expression by Oprah Winfrey that says, the most important journey of our lives does not necessarily involve climbing the highest peak or trekking around the world. The biggest adventure you can ever take is to live the life of your dreams. Thank you once again, Rita. Thank you, amazing again. Um, you guys just put so much work into this and, and I think you distill such amazing content. So thank you again for um, allowing me to be part of Inspiring Ideas. It's fantastic, thanks Rita. Ciao. Thank you, Abhi. thank you Rita. All the best, bye-bye. Bye-bye.